Hi, and welcome to Syrup Shots Gaming. I'm Tyler, and with me is Dave. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Mortal Kombat! Stop there, or we get sued. Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> Wait, the Immortals are still around? The, uh, oh, the, from they did a remix for this movie. Um, oh, yeah, they did. That was cool, the orchestral. The, All right, that's I'll one, but they also did a new techno one for the movie. Oh, sweet. <laughs> it's on It's on iTunes. Listen, or uh, whatever music fantastic. you use. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's pretty good. So, uh, welcome to Search Shots Gaming. Each week we talk about a different gaming topic. Uh, this week it's Mortal Kombat. New movie came out, and we just wanted to take a moment to talk about our history, some of our favorite stuff. Some of the dumb stuff. Just have a good time with it. Uh, but before we get into Mortal Kombat, uh, normally we do what we've been playing, but it's been a busy week. Have you gotten to play yeah. much, Dave? Um, no, and it's to the point, though, that I'm half-tempted that when I start up Devil May Cry 5 again, I might just restart it, because I'm only, like, <laughs> three levels in. Fair. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where I think uh, people keep posting online that... Uh, Adults need the uh, the comeback feature for gaming now, <laughs> and uh, right. whenever you log back in a game you haven't played in a while, it just re <laughs> gets you readjusted. This is the plot to this point, and here are the controls again. Ah, oh, great. <laughs> There's actually a game that does that. Oh yeah, Dragon Quest Eleven. Nice. So every time you boot it up, it gives you a little summary of the last big plot points. Oh, excellent. And That's a really everything. Good yeah, and everything is on the uh, the screen in terms of commands. I do like that, that the RPGs have been doing that. I mean, Persona 5 didn't start out. You just be like, here's what happened since you last left off. But it had the journal where you yep. can kind of read the major story beats. So those are always nice. Oh, 100%. Uh, Yakuza 0 did that too. And it also like updated character backstories as you learned information. So that was nice too. Nice. Yeah, about the only thing I've been playing this week has been uh, playing some online Mortal Kombat 11. I uh, gotcha. Just, just kind of getting into the feel for it. Um, mm -hmm. it. In fact, I had one match that was so good between a Scorpion and I was playing Sub-Zero that the dude fretted me after. You were like, playing Sub-Zero? Wow. So, so... <sighs> Scorpion is still my favorite character. But mm -hmm. specifically in Mortal Kombat 11, I yeah. feel Sub-Zero has more mobility. Oh, I got you. Uh, particularly, I could go into the fine details of his uh, forward, uh, his forward kick, which is really just the axe bring down, followed by mm -hmm. a uh, kick to the head downward. Ah, <laughs> oh, so good. Also, the diversity he has it is just his slide moves and upgrading them to you know those kind of the super versions were always really nice. Yeah, in fact, uh, I did the one that's not the slide. It's it's a shoulder rush that turns into mm -hmm. a axe combo. Nice. Well, anyway, before we get too technical and lose all our listeners for our for jargon. Fair, <laughs> fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's about all I've been playing. So let's kind of get into it here. So Dave, tell me about your history with Mortal Kombat. 
Oh man. Okay. Um, well, I would say, you know, I, I got mostly aware of it and started to really get into it the year the first movie came out, which was 95. And really when you think about it, it was actually something kind of amazing that they were able to pump out basically the first three games in basically four years, wasn't it? Because wasn't it like 91 was when MK came out, 92 was for MK2. Was it two or 90- three? I I don't remember. And then five for MK3. Yeah. But, you know, I was way too young when it, the first games came out. But, but by the time the movie came out, though, you know, I was 10 years old. And, um, you know, the movie was purely going for my demographic. That's why it was PG-13. And yeah. I remember starting to get, you know, really interested in it because, you know, it, you know, martial arts it had ninjas it had you know also all these monsters and all this weirdness with magical powers you know it was basically you know an asian themed fantasy at least in the first game (laughs) it started getting crazier and crazier and then i had friends at the time who you know whose parents would let them play the game and they would bring in like strategy guides and books in the school and I know my parents were, you know, hesitant because, you know, we had all of the uh, Senate hearings and everything. With right. Joe, Joe Lieberman and all of them. And yet, yes, there was cause for concern in that, yeah, the video game industry should have had a rating system probably by then. And, you know, luckily it did lead to that. Um but I know my parents were kind of like, you know, you know, we kind of want to see what this is about first. We're not saying no, but we are also by no means saying yes. So when the movie finally came out on VHS, you know, because my dad didn't want to spend money on it to go see it in the theater by himself. So missed opportunity. He, yeah, he rented it from, I believe it was Schnooks, which we've mentioned before. And so, you know, he's just like, look, buddy, I'm going to watch this tonight, and then I will let you know tomorrow morning. And so he watched the movie, and, you know, the very next day, I'm sitting with uh, my brother, and he just kind of walks in, sees Doug is sitting with me, and he's just kind of like, buddy, I'm sorry, this isn't something you can... And then I'm just, I was a little defeated, but then later in the day, he kind of comes and pulls me aside and goes, Listen, I only said that because I didn't want your younger brother to feel, though, you know, that you, you know, were getting something special. He can't. You're fine to watch this. I have no problems with that. But your little brother, no, not so much. Okay. So nice. tell you what, how about you and I uh, later this week? You know, we got the tape for like what, you know, four days or something. Later this weekend, when your brother goes to bed at his bedtime, you and I will stay up late and we'll watch it together. And so that's how, you know, that kind of got started. And then at the same time, you know, my parents were great in that, you know, they weren't kind of like the idiots that I had to deal with when working at Toys R Us. In that up until a certain point when they felt we were finally old enough that they just didn't care anymore, you know, okay, they got through childhood. They didn't blow off any fingers or toes or hurt any small animals or do anything terrible. We can let them decide what media they want to consume. 
But, you know, my parents also found out, oh, Mortal Kombat 1 doesn't have the blood in it, you know? So, technically, <laughs> cheat codes were lost on my parents, however. And then they're also <laughs> like, oh, and you have the option to turn it off on 2 and 3. Okay, David, we don't mind you having these games, uh, but we'll just put it this way. If we ever come downstairs and that blood code is on, uh, you're not going to be playing this game anymore. So I, I did do that for probably about like three years until I was like about 13. I humbly played Mortal Kombat in censored mode. And then I, I finally got to the point I'm like, who cares? <laughs> but, uh, you know, compared that though to with the nonsense I had to deal with Toys R Us when like, they were trying to buy Dead Space 2 for a seven-year-old, and I'm just like, well, there's trauma, you know, years in yeah. the making. So I, I'm glad my parents did that, but, you know, and then that's when I got really into it, because, like, it's like, I don't know if everyone's childhood like is like this, but mine went through, like, phases of what I was a fan of. So between, like, fourth and the middle of sixth grade, you know, I was just Mortal Kombat everything. I consumed anything they put out. I had as many games as I could have. And uh, I had the action figures, the crappy... Uh, um, they weren't the G.I. Joe made ones. They were the ones that came after that. That were basically the, the same. The rubber band but, ones? Yeah, but just a little bit taller. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, uh, those are hot garbage, but yet I still have them, and they hold a deep place in my heart. <laughs> Although I don't think I would ever display them for anything. <laughs> and also what was special is that um, my uncle worked in film. And just to kind of feed my habit, he also, in between film jobs, worked at a place called Streamline Model Works. Mm -hmm. And they were known for those, uh, you know, the, the, those kind of resin model kits that you could purchase out of the back of, like, gaming magazines. You know, like, I'm literally working on here <laughs> with a piece in my hand, you know. It, it's like a character. It comes in pieces. You paint it and put it to, and glue it together. I, I'm working on Princess Zelda here right now. But, you know, he worked at the company that made these, and he helped sculpt a number of them. And so he was able to get me, and because it was no cost to him, because except for time. So, you know, when I was like 12 years old, he got me one of those Goros out of the back of that magazine. Nice. I remember and, that. And uh, then years later, he also custom made for me they had also made a very limited run of a katana and Melina one and very shortly after that though they lost the license mm. and uh couldn't produce them anymore but you know he just basically called up the guy hey do you still have the molds for katana and Melina?" and made me a custom one and that one was really cool because you know it's kind of a dynamic pose, and but it also the masks on both of them can pop off, and then you can see, oh, there's an attractive woman under Katana's mask, and oh, there is a, a dreaded monster under <laughs> Melina's face. <laughs> 
And it, it just kind of spiraled out from there. You know, I, I was jealous of people who got to go see, you know, the Mortal Kombat Live tour and had T-shirts and stuff. I, have I don't even all remember of, that. Yeah, that was a thing, but I, I never got to see it. And then I had all of the comics by Malibu Comics. Oh. <laughs> and that was a quest to try and figure out, because in 95, when I was starting to get into it, they had been out of print for like two years at that point already. So, you know, it became kind of a quest to, you know, to try and piece that collection together by just visiting all the different comic shops in the area. So it's just like anytime I would go to like a new like state on like a family vacation or something, I would always try and find like a comic shop in the area that might just have another issue mm. for that because this was way before eBay and any of that stuff. So it was just, you know, putting it together myself. And right. But it, I was able to get all but one doing that, but it wasn't until much later when eBay did finally come around. It's just like, you know, it would be nice to have that final issue and have a full set. So I did I did order that. And some of those are garbage. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, Malibu Comics is still around. You know? <laughs> right up there with Marvel and uh, DC, right? Uh, they were purchased by Marvel, but it's like the rights are in such legal limbo they can't use the characters. <laughs> nice. So, you know, and I still have all that stuff. It still holds a great place in my heart, but I will say around Mortal Kombat 4, that's when the series, and we'll reference this later in the podcast, but we'll probably call that, refer to that as the beginning of the Dark Ages of the series. And... That's when I noticed myself starting to lose interest. They had a very awkward transition into 3D, and it, it just yeah. didn't work well. And, you know, by that time, also, I had begun getting more interested in other games. That's when I started finding Nintendo. And I guess also maybe part of that was, you know, when you're that age, though, and having being able to consume a media like that that is clearly designed for the older kids, you think you're kind of being allowed something you shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And there's kind of a lure that comes with that. And so, you know, I think part of it was that. But I still always held, like, a special place in my heart for it. And then once Mortal Kombat 9 came out, and it kind of revitalized the series. And it was just like, wow, I forgot how good this series could actually be. <laughs> Yep. But that's mostly my story. It just, you know, it was a long, you know, it was basically like a childhood fandom period that always had a special place in my heart. And, you know, while I still love it, am I going to go out and buy like all of the action figures and stuff for it now? No. But I do have a couple of those DC comic um, graphic novels uh, that they made to like bridge the gap between the two series. And, uh, I'll definitely watch this new movie and such. And I still got Goro well on display on a shelf right in my gaming center in my living room. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Yep. Now, how about so your my, history with Tyler? So mine was actually a little different than yours. Okay. My dad got me into Mortal Kombat. <laughs> so my family, there are some things they're super conservative about and very cautious about. Mm -hmm. no problem with violence 
at all. Zero problem with violence. Like gotcha. they let me they let me watch The Matrix when it came out. That that level of not caring about violence. I got you. I got you. Um so had it on the SNES. Now, mind you, no blood. Sweat. Mm-hmm. Sweat. But, oh, Which is just, really gross if you think about it. Oh yeah. Sweat. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh oh, what's the name of the uh oil fighter in Street Fighter Four? Oh, Hakan, yes. Hakan, <laughs> yeah. Everyone's Hakan. actually if you think about it mortal kombat uh x kind of looks like that too with how much sweat they have yep yep (laughs) and it really didn't work too well it just made characters look shiny it only worked on like select costumes exactly exactly uh so played a ton of mortal kombat 1 ton of mortal kombat 1 Went to the theater to watch the Mortal Kombat movie. My parents took me to the theater without watching it ahead of time. All right. Uh, again, I don't know how I lucked into that one, but... And they <laughs> took me to the theater to watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I guess that was punishment for something. <laughs> My dad took me to see that, too. I have a story um, about that. We'll continue first. <laughs> uh I remember, though, I was on vacation with my family uh, going to the... Uh, I want to say it was Lake of the Ozarks, and yeah. we were leaving this uh, water park place, and I saw something that just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. There's a Mortal Kombat two. <laughs> they had Mortal Kombat two arcade machine, and I, I looked at it and it's like reptiles playable because mm-hmm. I was one of those guys that had trained myself to get the double flawless fatality finish on yep. the the pit. Yep. Uh, just so you could fight them on the SNES version. Mm-hmm. And I was like, awesome. Get Scorpion and Sub-Zero's moves. Put my mm-hmm. quarters in. He plays oh. weird. <laughs> well, why isn't he doing the spear? Where's the slide? Where's, where's, the, where's the ice ball? Because <laughs> they made him his own unique thing. Well, yep. kind of. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, unique, but, but I, still a pound of love. yeah i didn't pick up that game um the next one i would own i would own ultimate mortal kombat 3 but i rented mortal kombat 3 several times before that from the schnooks Mm -hmm. and one of the things i absolutely loved about the mortal kombat games and it might have been the first series in fighting games to ever do this i think it beat street fighter to this was having those hidden boss fights yeah that was just the coolest thing to me and just Learning how to unlock smoke in Mortal Kombat 3 was just the coolest thing. Yeah, and that was one of the things they definitely did better. And then what was cool is also, you know, they had... They were trolls before trolling was really a thing. And so, you know, they were smart to have, like, Reptile jump down, you know, from the stage and be like, you know, give you hints. And people were like, who is this guy? You know, and this is before the internet, and, you know, you only had, like, the gaming magazine, so it was, like, a lot of playground talk um, to figure out these things, you know, like, and then in, like, Mortal Kombat 2, in the Lost Woods stage, like, you'd see, like, characters peeking out from behind the trees, and it's just like, who's this gray ninja, and who's this green female ninja? Did you know that they would also pop out and give you clues on how to fight them? Never really saw them do that because I didn't have Mortal Kombat 
two for very long before I got Ultimate Mortal Kombat three. So interesting on that one here. One of the clues was for Jade to fight her. Yeah. And evidently, again, I never owned Mortal Kombat 2, but I've looked this up since then. Uh, mm-hmm. The way you got to fight her was you had to do a win a match only using a certain type of kick. Yeah. So one of the clues was Chun Hu. <laughs> uh, I, I thought that was a, a nice, because that was the rivalry. Everyone wanted Street Fighter versus uh, Mortal Kombat. People still want that. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I don't know which I want more, to see Street Fighter characters done in the Mortal Kombat animation style, or to see probably more so Mortal Kombat characters done in the Street Fighter anime style. I'm, I'm just afraid when they put Scorpion in a schoolgirl outfit in that. No. <laughs> no, no. Although it would be kind of fun... Uh, one of the things I did like from Street Fighter Cross Tekken is they had the crossover costumes mm-hmm. where uh, the characters from the one series would dress up as characters from the other. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Oh, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sub-Zero dresses up as Colin. <laughs> Who would Scorpion dress up as? Mm. <laughs> Dalzin. Because <laughs> of Yoga Fire. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yep, yep. <laughs> Sonya would be Cammy. That's an easy one. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guile would would be Ken. Yep. Wait. No. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Here. No. What? What am I thinking of? Uh, no, you're right. Never mind. Guile and Jax, maybe. Liu Kang would be Ryu. Oh yeah. Yeah, but. <laughs> I guess they're trying to Yeah, that'd be that'd be a decent one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but going back into my history here, uh, picked up Ultimate Mortal Kombat three, and I had that on the Super Nintendo, which mm-hmm. means it was missing Shiva, but it picked up several awesome characters. I had the because... Genesis one as well, which had no Shiva, but oh, it was great. You know, he had so many characters. <laughs> Uh, my introduction to Ermac, to my boy Rain, mm-hmm. with the round-the-world kick. Yep. Oh, that was the cheapest trick on the planet. You could win an oh. entire match with just around-the-world kicks. Yep. Oh. oh. <clears throat> I'm trying to think of... Uh, I also liked it. And I know in the Genesis version, which I had, uh, you could also, you know, you could unlock um, playing as classic smoke, too. You know, mm-hmm. by uh, having a holding a button code, I think it was the same for the SNES, SNES. version. As yep. Well. And really, in retrospect, Human Smoke—I'm sorry—having uh, the same moveset as just Scorpion was just the dumbest idea. <laughs> so, I found out why that was, though. Yeah. So, for Mortal Kombat Two, mm-hmm. they only had so much RAM on it where they could do color swaps but they didn't have enough RAM to add new movesets or new characters. Okay. So that's why... Well, that yep. Now, why they didn't do Mortal Kombat 3, that's a whole nother story, but... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Cyber Smoke was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Cyber Smoke but was still, awesome. It, just, it took, like, how many years for Smoke to finally get his own, like, moves that were actually based around Smoke? 
<laughs> Didn't happen until Mortal Kombat 9 for Human Smoke. Well, yeah, and uh, and then there was that weirdness that was uh, Deception. <laughs> was that the one where it was kind of the ghostly body or the noob, go- the noob smoke? The answer was both. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, he was, like, made into, like, a cyber demon, and I'm just like, no. <laughs> no. Hence, one of the other parts of the Dark Ages. <laughs> yep. Um, played the, the ever-loving whatever out of Ultimate World Stuffing. Kombat 3. Stuffing. Stuffing. Yes. Um, and then got to Mortal Kombat 4, and I remember my, my parents going... We saw that it had this M rating on it, and we were not going to get it for your for your birthday. But then you realize we've been letting you pay it, play it for the past decade, so here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damage uh, done. I'm, I'm, I'm spoiled goods now. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, well. And I will say this for Mortal Kombat 4. Not a great game. Mm-hmm. But introduced my favorite fatality out of all the games yeah Quan Chi's where he rips off your leg and beats you to death with it but he never ever stops just bam 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 (laughs) that is to my day today is like that is so cool (laughs) and then on the very next game they introduce the worst one (laughs) From the same character. <laughs> oh, was that the neck one? Yeah, where it gives you like the giraffe neck, you know. Oh. So I skipped most of the Dark Ages. I did pick up Mortal Kombat Armageddon mm-hmm. on uh, the Wii. Mm-hmm. And I've actually been meaning to do that just for the extra character. I just haven't yet. <laughs> uh, chameleon with a with a K. K. Female a chameleon. Chame- yeah. Damn. Um, it was decent. I mean, it was it was better than a lot of the other ones, mm-hmm. except for the fatalities. That was the one where they had your build yeah. your own fatality, which oh, was, was code for we're lazy and we're not going to do it, or you know we're running out of time. Yeah, because that was how it always seemed to be. Is that midway, you know, before you know they went bankrupt, they always seemed to treat Mortal Kombat as like. More of like a budget title, it seems, you know? So I'm going to disagree with you slightly. They couldn't have run out of time for that because they had enough time to put the cart racer in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which, surprisingly, was not terrible. Yeah. It it wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. Yeah. And then one of the hardest days of my life was April 2009. I had a choice to make, Dave. It was a tough choice. Okay, I'm listening. Portal 2 and Mortal Kombat 9 came out on the same day. And I picked oh, yeah, up both sorry. at midnight. Mm-hmm. Which did I play first? Uh, Portal 2? Uh, no, I went straight for Mortal Kombat. I was like, give oh. me that Scorpion line. Nice. I, I picked that up on midnight as well, actually. <laughs> I uh, and... just, you know seeing everything go back to formula and just it was like a nostalgia overdrive you know really mortal kombat 9 i think 
single-handedly saved the series. Oh, 100%. Because um, that was the first game where they actually built NetherRealm Studios, wasn't it? Warner yes. Brothers bought them up and... Mm-hmm. Yep. And I didn't... I, I got Mortal Kombat versus the DC Universe for, you know, kind of the... <laughs> you know, it's Mortal Kombat fighting the DC Universe. Right. And, and, and now they the same studio has done wonderful, wonderful things with the DC universe. But at the time, and I think if they were to have like a Mortal Kombat versus Injustice, because Injustice seems to go as far as you can into a T rating without going completely into, you know, crazy it, territory. It walks the line. Yep. So I could see them doing it again. Um, and it, it was fun for what it was. But, you know, I, I, and I wasn't expecting the same thing because I'm just like, there's no way, you know, they're going to let you, like, tear Superman's head off and have his spine dangling down. I'm, I'm sorry, that's not going to happen. No. So that was, you know, it was fun for what it was. And in my opinion, also, it had probably one of the best versions of Sub-Zero to play as in the game. Because they actually gave him a teleport and made him, like, the fastest he's been in, like, the last decade. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, that's kind of been my history, and I've picked up every Mortal Kombat since then. You know, Mortal Kombat mm -hmm. 10, Mortal Kombat 11. And they yep. played differently, but they've all been fantastic. Um, yeah. Uh, I've I've particularly grown fan of a uh, big fan of Mortal Kombat 11. It's it's slower but more methodical mm -hmm. in in terms of how you're playing. Yeah, I, I liked it better than 10. I felt uh, 10 10. I felt you know it, it it tried to do the story from more of the Dark Ages type stuff, and it's just like uh really, but it did take some you know ideas from it and they made some cool characters and they introduced some characters which now have been fleshed out enough in 11 it's just like i can't see the franchise without these characters but it also did introduce some some kind of stinker characters like i thought ferator was just kind of the dumbest character characters and um, until he makes a mad max game yeah and so but you know it's just it, it, eleven was just a step better in the in the right direction. Again, I felt you know it was new territory with the story. You know, they really kind of fleshed out what they wanted to do. The villain was new, and it, she was interesting. And it was also like the first time we had a female villain who actually felt like she could stand toe to toe with you know, all of the other major villains from the series. Yep. So that was cool. Um, and, and really, got to hand it to NetherRealm Studios and and Ed Boon. There yeah. is yet to be another fighting game company to make single player stories as good as a NetherRealm one. Yeah, and yeah, they really did set the standard for what a single player story mode for a fighting game has to be. Now. Oh yeah, you know they've been slowly kind of working up to that point, but I think nine is where it finally. They, you know, they got it right. You could see, you know, 
the workings and goings on in Mortal Kombat versus DC. But, you know, finally with nine, they were able to make it truly work. Yep. <sighs> Love this series. So let's do something a little fun here. Let's let's kind of go into some of our favorites of the series here. I'm going to ask a couple questions. You just tell me what your favorites of each of these things are, okay? Okay. I know the answer to the first one, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. Favorite character? Uh, Sub-Zero is my favorite character. Lin Kuei Scum. Um, yeah, I know. That's me. <laughs> Shi Ryu, um, Scorpion. But when I was younger, though, it was Reptile because I was always more attracted to like the the monster characters in games. So like in Street Fighter, I would always play as Blanca, and you know Reptile was one of the first kind of you know real like kind of monster characters. And I guess I liked him more than Baraka because he was. You're kind of a lizard and a dinosaur at the same time. Oh, dinosaurs! But he was cool. also a ninja. <laughs> yeah, ninja dinosaurs. That I mean, that's exactly. All right. That's all you had to say. <laughs> Favorite character that's not a ninja or a cyber ninja. Oh, um, I guess we can't, you know, include the female ninjas now either, can we? Nope. You know, really, I would love to see they're they're doing more with him, and he's probably been. I the one that comes to mind immediately is probably Aaron Black. You know, he's he's become kind of cool. I also really like Kenshi. He's probably one of the best things to come out of the Dark Ages. <laughs> I'd agree with that. Um, mm -hmm. For me, it's Cassie Cage. Because I think she's the right blend between Johnny Cage's arrogance and Sonya Blade's uh, kind of militaristic style. She mm -hmm. she's disciplined, but can still have fun, and it just yeah. I just love her kind of playful attitude with everything. Yeah, she's I like her a lot better than Jackie actually in the new games. Jackie yeah. just seems to be kind of like a female version of her dad at times. Yeah, she's she's. She's the Captain Falcon to his Ganondorf. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, that's a good way to put it. Yep. Um, favorite Mortal Kombat game of the original trilogy? The original trilogy. Ooh. Um, Excluding Mortal Kombat trilogy, because that's cheating. Yeah. Um, I guess the one, though, I probably played the most was Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. You know, and I've got some memories with that one. Um, that was the one where they like were finally with my brother. It's just like, hey, you know, you're old enough now too. You know, uh, after and so that was the one. You know, him and I would play together, and uh, also just you know, there'd like be times when like you know, mom would stop in. Uh, <laughs> actually, it's funny. She stopped in your old college and high school workplace. Oh, one time, the way store? back in the day, and uh, came out, and she had handed me like a uh, Ultimate Mortal Kombat three like pocket guide. You know, I had that. Found... What? I had that too. Yeah. So she's just like, I found this in there. Thought of you. Here you go. Yay! I remember though that the little tiny one 
didn't have the cheat codes for the cool stuff, cooler stuff, and I forget what the other third menu was called. Uh, More cool, coolest stuff. <laughs> I, no, I think it was secret menu, cool stuff, and cooler stuff. But yeah, I think you're right. So the small one didn't have it, but I had, someone I sat next to in fifth grade had the large mm-hmm. one that had it. So I literally just yeah. cut a piece of paper, wrote them down, and taped it into the book. Nice. That's the way to do it. Yep. This uh, back cover doesn't have an advertisement on it. Right, right, right. <laughs> I think this one did, if memory serves me correctly, so I had to actually... But, it's... Great memories there. Yeah. Favorite Mortal Kombat game of the Dark Timeline? Oh, the Dark Timeline. Yeah. Um... I would probably say, oh God, as my brother likes to has described it one time, I one time posed a question to him, hey Doug, what movie would you rather watch, Teeth or Splice? Oh, thanks, David. That's like asking me which turd I want to lick, you know? <laughs> so I would probably pick Deception, actually. Um, I actually kind of picked that one up on a whim because I had heard about the noob smoke mechanic, mm-hmm. and I kind of wanted to see how that worked. Wasn't and... it just two different fighting styles where they switched the characters? Exactly. Yeah. It wasn't great, but... For me, I if it would have to be the beginning of the Dark Timeline, Mortal Kombat 4. Because that was before mm. they added too many wacky characters. I mean, trust me, there was bad characters in Mortal Kombat Four. Uh, oh, Jared, yeah. uh, Jared, can't believe you know. Um, Great value, Kano is what they should have called him. <laughs> this isn't a brutality. This is a fatality. Oh come on, my Oh man! And then it had Reiko. Yep. Reiko was a bit crap. So it was Kai, because we've heard about oh. him so much. Um, okay, here's my question for you then. Which is the worst character, you know, for you? You know, and I imagine it's going to come from the dark timeline. Oh, 100%. Um, probably Cobra. Yeah, Cobra's a pretty easy target. <laughs> I can't believe it's Ken Mas- not Ken Masters, yeah. Right. Well, so I want you to imagine something, Dave, for a quick second here. Okay. This is the dark timeline of Billy Zapka's character from the Karate Kid when he lost that tournament and then yeah. went to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because awesome. he's Cobra Kai. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think. Because there's so many winners in that category. Uh, uh, I gotta admit, in Mortal Kombat Armageddon, I could give I could give less than a crap for the two like main leads that they came for that game, the Taven and Dagon. Oh yeah, the, uh, you know the, they don't even feel like they belong to Mortal Kombat. They feel like. 
they feel like failed D D characters that someone decided to re-roll after they rolled those. Yeah, and then, <laughs> then it's like, oh, they're a brother of rain, you know, and stuff like that. I'm like, this is hot garbage. This these guys are a steaming pile of crap. And you know, among many. And I could even tolerate some of the more jokey characters before I could tolerate them. They were just uninspired. And the, the, the thing was, there were plenty of uninspired characters in that time period. It's just like they have tried so hard to get like another major black representative in that series. You know, they were like, okay, we got Kai. He sucks. Okay, well, we got Darius. He sucks. Okay, fine. Screw it. Cyrax is black now. Okay, that works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Garrus isn't terrible in Mortal Kombat 11 for black representation. Hmm? Garrus? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's he's a cool character, but he's also like a living weapon. But This yeah. is true. This is true. Yeah. Uh, uh, he was a good one. And that's not to say that they, you know... It, they, you know, now will poke fun at themselves about some of their bad decisions as well. Like, they will fully admit they hate the character Sue Howe. You know, just... Isn't that the one Aaron Black just rolls the head of? Yeah, you know, they poke fun at it, you know. Yeah, he just rolls the head of him out of the bag, and I'm like, yep, this character's dead. <laughs> yep. All right. Yep, he was pretty terrible. They tried to make him... Chinese jacks and uh <laughs> then we got like meat <laughs> and other dumb stuff like that. Mocap <laughs> Mocap, oh god. Mocap, uh listeners, if you did not know, is the motion capture character from Mortal Kombat. Yeah. It's a dude it with a bit... bunch of balls on him. Yeah, literally balls. And uh no, he, um, it was a kind of a nod to their motion capture actor and the original guy, uh, Daniel Pacino, who I believe played Raiden in the original games. But, you know, it, it's one thing to, you know, have like, you know, an homage, but it's another thing to have a terrible homage. Yeah. So, you know, they could have done so much more. But again, though, there have been characters, and we were talking about this before the podcast though who i feel they have kind of you know kind of looked at and it's like you know it, they didn't do great in their original game but they have potential so let's take them back to the drawing board a bit and flesh them out to make them something that's actually kind of cool so i mean we've had that with quan chi we've had that mm -hmm. with uh, kenji as well yep. um They've been trying to do that a lot with Tanya. I still don't know how big a fan I am of that character, though. <laughs> I loved her in Mortal Kombat 4, but since mm -hmm. then, not so much. Yeah, but I do know that she has her fans. Um, mm -hmm. Who else? Um, and I do kind of wish that... With Frost, I, that was one of the recent examples who I felt MK11 did a lot of justice to. She was uninteresting as being this, you know, just kind of, oh, it's female Sub-Zero. But as the story has gone on, they've kind of made it that she's kind of this scheming, mischievous, you know, I want to take over the, the Lin Kuei clan. 
And in Mortal Kombat 11, they finally gave her like the ultimate opportunity to do so, and she actually became a cyber ninja. And it's just like you are a thousand times more interesting as that than you were in all previous games. Hundred <laughs> percent agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know who didn't do well with the redesign? Reiko. No, no. Where, where he went from Maroon Ninja to My Name is SM Daddy. Yep. <laughs> Great value, Shao Kahn. <laughs> That's one character I'm just like, stop. Stop. <laughs> stop trying just, to make Reiko happen. It's not going to happen. I just expected anyway, him to. Sorry, the Japanese is funny as hell because he's got a woman's name. In the in their native tongue, <laughs> the uh, I I just I could just imagine like if he was in a new game, you know, where they do the quips coming on, he just walks mm-hmm. up. The safe word is pumpernickel. <laughs> <laughs> One day it'll be my helmet. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... And luckily, it also just seems kind of like, though, with some of those characters that they don't want to, you know, they're, they kind of admit, like, okay, that was a dumb thing. Let's throw them in the background for a laugh or, you know, a nod and a wink here. Like, mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about, you know, Su Hao, you know, he's, you know, basically an opening scene, opening fight joke. Right. And then you had uninspired characters like Wee Mei, who I think is now just kind of a background character to the story mode of 10. Uh, Bo Raicho was too. Um, I did like that they made him a DLC character, and I think they improved upon him a bit because he was just like way too much of a gross-out character. He still is, but he did he did better. Yeah, I mean he's supposed to be this great Shaolin master, you know, who trained Liu Kang, and then he's you know farting and vomiting on people. Yeah. Let's see here. Favorite fatality. Ooh. Um. You know. Man, that's kind of tough because there have been a lot of great ones. And the only thing is they're also getting like more and more gruesome as the graphics just get better. And so some of them nowadays, it's just like, oh, oh, that is hard to look at. Um. But I guess, like, the ones that I thought the coolest, I did, like, in the original Mortal Kombat 1, I didn't think it made much sense for Sub-Zero to tear a person's head off. Because I'm like, you know, his ability is ice. Why is he not using his ice powers? I mean, Scorpion uses his fire powers, you know, which really they didn't even reference except, you know, the fact that, you know, for that fatality, it's like, oh, he's a ghost who can, you know, breathe fire on people. So, but when in Mortal Kombat 2, though, they finally had, like, the deep freeze fatality, where he would, like, shoot enough ice blasts, it was like, yum, 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 yum. And then they would basically be, like, a condensed solid block, and then you could go up and just shatter them. And I think those have been kind of my favorite ever since, like, any of the plays on them. So, you know that was in Mortal Kombat 1, right? I'm sorry? In the Super Nintendo version, they don't have the head spine rip out fatality. 
They replaced it with one where Sub-Zero freezes you, jumps over, hunt, back punch, shatters. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got you. Well, I got my first exposure to it in World Combat 2. I wasn't Fair good enough. at pulling off fatalities until later. <laughs> <laughs> These button uh, combinations are hard. Especially when they included up, because then your character no. jumped. Yep. And you had to hold block, and then it's just like also if like, oh, but it needs the block button and the actual commands. Yeah. Are you midway? <laughs> All right. My favorite, I told you, was the the leg, but if I had to pick mm-hmm. a second one, the wishbone. Oh. Noob say bots. <laughs> uh huh. Oh, that is that when noob creates a clone. They each go to each side, pull, grab them from the legs, and pull like a wishbone. Mm-hmm. And then each okay, hold up the side. What was the most unsettling for you, though? <laughs> I can answer mine immediately. And it's pretty much any that they've given Scarlet. But there was the one in Mortal Kombat 9 where basically she uses like the blood vines to kind of lift you up. She would get up under you and then basically slash the other player's throat and then just bathe in it. And it's just like, oh my god, that is that is awful. <laughs> Are we including brutalities in this? Sure. <laughs> Believe it was Cassie Cages, and I can't remember if it was in X or Eleven, mm-hmm. where she does her nut punch and punches yeah. you so hard you cough up your ball. No, your eyes pop out. <laughs> Oh, great. Nice. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I got a question then. Uh, sure. There have been a couple of them. Your favorite of the spinoff games. <sighs> Buddy. Um, so I'll be honest. I haven't played many of them. It'd probably be Shaolin Monks, the little I played of it. Hmm. Um, I would say that was the same for me, too. Me and Doug played through that all together, and it was one of the few times it was just actually like, oh, Mortal Kombat's kind of cool again. It's just like, it seems to only be do really well when you know they are touching upon the original three games. <laughs> if I was going to cheat a little bit for when I actually played more, mm-hmm. it would be The Grid. Oh, Yeah. I remember that. So the grid was an arcade game, which was basically like a uh, deathmatch TV show where you're going around trying to kill your opponents there. And on the arcade, you can enter a code uh, to play a Scorpion or Sub-Zero. And I remember and we went to uh, Gallop and Ghost in Chicago, and I saw it. Wasn't Hoops and Bot playable also? I think so. Okay, I, I think it was just Scorpion and Sub-Zero, but don't quote me on that. Okay. Uh, but I remember taking a picture and tweeting at Ed Boone, mm-hmm. and I remember losing my mind when he retweeted it. Yep, <laughs> and it was like, yeah, I remember that because he was like, we were all there, and then you're just like, that's like, you know, <laughs> loud expletive in the middle of this <laughs> arcade, and then we're like, what is wrong with you? And he just you showed us, and it's Ed Boone, you know, with your tweet, and it's just like, yeah, good game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he is. Ed Boone, can we just 
take a moment here to appreciate how Ed Boon is the greatest troll on the planet. Oh, he is. Oh, he's so good. And it's always just like whenever he's like introducing new characters or something, mm-hmm. he's always so good at only giving you the smallest bit of information so that everything turns into almost like an, an esoteric like puzzle to figure it out. If memory serves me correctly, one of my favorite trolls he did was for Mortal Kombat 11 before they actually added this character. Um, mm-hmm. He he made a troll statement about saying, hell yeah, in this next update, we're going to add Melina. <laughs> oh yeah, and they did, but not the As way a friendship. Anybody... <laughs> yep. Oh, that was a good one. Um, I remember when in like Injustice 2, Injustice came out, he was announcing like the DLC characters. And he almost made it like a augmented reality game when uh, he was giving out clues for Zatanna. Mm-hmm. You know, people were just trying to figure out, like, what does he mean? And he was, like, referencing, like, song lyrics to, like, Do You Believe in Magic? And then he, like, referenced another song, and it was, like, backwards. And so people were finally able to put it together, Magic Backwards. Oh, because Zatanna says her spell Backwards. All right. Favorite friendship. Oh, (laughs) those have gotten good recently. Um, But I think for me, though, was also because I wanted one. But in Mortal Kombat 2, when they first introduced it, you know, Sub-Zero, Scorpion, and Reptile, all at the same one, and it was, you know, by, like, a Sub-Zero doll. Uh-huh. And they would pull, like, a little mini one, and then, like, yeah, buy a Sub-Zero doll, and it's just like, I want one! <laughs> so bad! So, but in, like, the recent ones, though, have been absolutely hysterical. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it, it, it's just so funny how they've also animated, like, kind of like childish glee of these like poses and so like you know sub-zero making ice cream treats it's just he does the little dance for yes you know and runs off and it's like what the hell uh oh i I think my favorite from that one is one of the guest characters robocops oh the robot yeah where he's doing the dance with like the vhs filter and my oh, favorite yeah. little touch on that is he adds a gold chain, mm-hmm. which is just a giant OCP symbol. <laughs> oh, uh, so good. I I do have to admit, though, Mortal Kombat is one, though, where I am getting very tired of the of guest the characters. Guest character. um, that has been my one kind of, And on the one hand, I know people are like, well, then don't buy them. And I'm just like, no, because that makes it like a neutered version of the game for me. But I also feel it's just like you've got a great cast of characters you could still pull from, and many that I have I've said you could go back to and adjust them and make them cool again. I mean, you know, they started it with Freddy Krueger, and then they just went freaking berserk with every other game. It's like it's getting worse and worse and worse. And I know that the big reason they do it is because money, 
but at the same time it's just like you know then why don't you guys just make like that crazy you know like horror video game character thing that we made up a couple podcasts ago rather than you know you know, Mortal Kombat is Mortal Kombat. I don't need Alien and Predator in it. I didn't need Freddy Krueger. I don't need Leatherface and Jason. And it just, you know, that wasn't. That's not the point of the game necessarily. You know, or at least it wasn't original. So, who is your least favorite guest character? Alien and Predator easily. Every really? other one. Like the horror icons, it's just kind of like, you know, I kind of get it. And, you know, I've, I've mentioned this uh, privately to you guys for years. I have a real hard time sometimes, depending on the story, when they try and mix science fiction and fantasy into the same one. Uh, I feel like the two are like oil and water. And if you're going to mix them, you need like a bunch of stuff else to make like delicious salad dressing as opposed to just garbage. Right. And so Mortal Kombat has done pretty good with the sci-fi stuff. It's just, it's like always been like bodily enhancements. It's never been, you know, they've only had one truly completely robotic character and that was Tribor. Yeah. And so... You know, and even then, you know, it made more sense. And so I'm more okay with that. But then when they put aliens in the game, I'm just like, no, you know, those are the ones that take me completely out of the realm of plausibility with this. So, you know, I was okay with like Freddy Krueger because it's just like, oh, well, he's like the fantasy character as is Jason and them. But then it's just like the others. It's like, no, absolutely not. So, for me, for the least favorite, I'm more forgiving for characters like the Alien Predator because they have a horror element to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll even be more forgiving for sci-fi characters, characters like RoboCop and the Terminator, because that mm-hmm. kind of ni- matches nicely with the, um, the Cyberlink way. Yeah. The one that I do not understand why on God's green earth is in this game is mm-hmm. Rambo. <laughs> Not well, a horror character. Yeah. Well, I know Boone said he was just like, yeah, we wanted to make sure we had every 80s action star and character in the game. And I'm like, all right, fine. You know, I guess Rambo makes the most sense because Stallone wasn't in like a, you know, like an AVP or anything like that, really. Yeah. So, But it, that was the one for me that was just like, really? Yeah. I mean, it's cool that they actually got Stallone to do, you know, it. You know, they couldn't get Arnold to, you know, voice the I mean, Terminator. They even got the original uh, Peter... I forget his Peter name. Peter Walker, right? Yeah. yeah, Peter Walker for uh, RoboCop. Of course, I don't think he's really, you know, I don't think there's too many, you know, like uh, companies, you know, calling him up. I think he retired from acting and is mostly, I believe he's a professor of art now. <laughs> so I, I still hold that RoboCop may be, in fact, one of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> 
it's it's a great popcorn movie. That's for sure. It, it, I could watch that on. I could watch that once a week for the rest of my life and never get tired of it. <laughs> like the time we watched it and Demolition Man all in one evening. <laughs> Uh, Demolition As our Man. brains just slowly dribbled out of our ear. <laughs> Demolition Man is is like it's it's like a fine wine. It just gets better with age. <laughs> well, it gets better with something. <laughs> That's who they need in uh uh they need uh Simon Phoenix from Demolition Man. <laughs> oh gosh. How nineties uh, were those names? <laughs> That was very 90s. Yep. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not watched Demolition Man, get off your butts. I'm even going to say, stop this podcast after you like and subscribe and leave a comment. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, just just go watch it. Just go watch it now. Uh, It it, it it is is, great. And all right, so we're going to end this episode, I think. Well, anything else you want to you want to cover with Mortal Kombat before I go on my complete uh, side tirade here? Uh, man, I just I think we've covered a lot. Um, you know, I think we both have like similar opinions. You know, the original trilogy was great, with trilogy being the, the trilogy, the game being like a nice cherry on top of that. And then we did have like kind of like a dark ages period of the games where. You know, they were trying to take themselves seriously. They had a terrible transition to 3D. It's like they couldn't decide, you know, whether they wanted to be like their classic selves or if they wanted to try and be like Soul Calibur. And so they tried to do like a crappy mishmash between the two that just didn't ever work. You got to commit. Yeah. And so finally, by the time... Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe came around, which I know objectively is a terrible game, but I do say, though, that it does start showing the signs of what Mortal Kombat was going to transition into. I think finally, though, with basically Warner Brothers buying them out and saying, you have creative freedom, you know, you know, it, it unleashed the beast. And mm-hmm. now we're kind of in like a Mortal Kombat renaissance i'm excited to see where the story is going to go next because you did a great uh analogy earlier before the podcast you know with all of the time travel controlling shenanigans with chronica you said that you know everything and nothing is canon now so and they even kind of touch upon that in 11 because you start seeing all of the alternate timelines so you actually see bits from the original timeline where, you know, you've got stupid stuff like zombie Liu Kang. And then, you know, you see like the Mortal Kombat versus DC timeline. So it's like they actually did touch upon these things. Mm-hmm. So I'm just seeing though, it's just like, well, now like, you know, the keeper of time is dead. What happens now? You know. So I'm wondering though, and I hope they don't do this. I hope they don't pull like a Soul Calibur 5 and it's just like, well, you know, we're done with all the old characters. Now here's all the new ones. Um, your new ones are kind of hit or miss sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I will say that they've done a decent job with like the new ones from like ten and eleven. 
Yes, uh, and onwards, and um, even you know, they've also you know gone back to some, and you know they're like, okay, we can't improve this character, but then it's just like, you know, and there haven't been many. Knock on wood. Uh, like the new ones they introduced, but even then, some of these new ones, it's just like they're based off of rumors from back in the playground days, you know, like Scarlet. Mm-hmm. You know, that was like a error, and you know, they just did the same thing they did with Ermac, Ermac like, yeah. to make a red ninja, you know, and now they've made her more interesting, and you know, you're just like, oh, that's kind of cool. But you know, then we had Farah and Tor, and I'm just kind of like, I'm there's a reason they didn't make it into 11. Well, I'm sorry? <laughs> I was going to say, there's a reason they didn't make it into 11. Yeah, they look like rejects from Total Recall is what they look like. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. And, uh... I was going to say, they did, like, a great job with, like, Cole Khan and Devora. Oh, yeah. Devora mm-hmm. uh, is a great, you know... Devora is, like, a great new kind of filling the reptile mold I would, in a yeah. model, I would say. You know, reptile was always like Shang Tsung's bodyguard and the one hiding in the shadows. Devora is the new one for Kotal Khan when she's not being, you know... Duplicitous at best. <laughs> exactly. So there's just one last thing, and, and this is for Ed Boon. Ed Boon, I hope you're listening. First off, hi. Thank hi. you for everything you've done. You made most of our, oh, you made our childhood years wonderful. And a little messed up, but that's okay. Yeah. I, I have just one favor. Just one favor to ask, okay? The next time you make a Mortal Kombat... What? I might have one as well. <laughs> right. Next time you make a Mortal Kombat game, stop making Rain DLC. Just give it to me from the get-go. Okay? I want to round the world kick him, with him from the get-go. He is cool. He is a cool character. He's not just a pun to me. I get it. Oh, Purple Rain. And he's a prince. <laughs> His moveset is legit. Slight telekinesis with the water. Round the world kick. He is cool. Treat him as such. Give him his moment in the sun. Don't make me pay six bucks for him again. <laughs> That is one thing I did like, though, because remember Rain's original? <laughs> that water-based telepathic move, it didn't make any friggin' sense in Mortal, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. Mm-hmm. But then when they improved it in MK9, you're like, that makes more sense. He can control the water. You yep. know, he's not actually telepathic, necessarily. <laughs> so that was that's an, another thing, you know. They, they've made him not really a joke in Okay, uh, Mr. Boone, you know, if you're listening, hello, uh, big fan. You know, you, you made my fourth through sixth grade years. And uh, tell co-creator uh, John Tobias I said hi, you know, because, you know, him being a, an illustrator and a comic artist, I always thought was cool, too. Um, guest characters. Stop it. I'm, I'm asking you, stop it. You have so many characters that are cool by themselves or characters that you could make cool with just a few little adjustments. I mean, I would love to see what your new Mortal Kombat 11 interpretation of Mitara would be. 
I would love to see, you know, your Mortal Kombat 11 interpretation of Havoc would be, you know? Do you think he can uh, save... Wasn't that disinteresting? I would like to see, you know, another female character kind of come back. She was cool. Um, so, but I, I don't need Alien versus Predator in my Mortal Kombat, you know? That's like getting a turd in my alphabet soup, you know? It just shouldn't be there. <laughs> okay? I, I would liken it more to toasted ravioli and pudding. Pudding and toasted ravioli, they are fantastic. Don't belong together. Yep. Now, now Dave? You know, some of our listeners are like, what is a toasted ravioli? It is a gift from the gods. It, it is, is a gift from the gods, from the Midwest, and you will like it. Like Crab Rangoon and Provel cheese. <laughs> yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Provel, meh. You shut your mouth. <laughs> I could bathe in that crap. <laughs> Provol or mozzarella? Choose. Uh, put put that those hands together. <laughs> Dave, I have one uh, last question for you for, for Mr. Boone here. Okay, yes. Do you think that Mr. Boone can save Cobra? Ooh. You know, they were able to save Frost, who I thought was all but, you know, going to be just hot garbage. Uh, uh, I think I think there's a possibility for everything. You know, there's even other characters. I'm like, bring back those two Oni that you had in, you know, the Dark Ages, but make them Dramen? more like, yeah, Dramen and Moloch, but make them actually look more like Japanese creatures, you know, as opposed to just weirdness. <laughs> Moloch always reminded me of the DC superhero Etrigan. That's a good com- comparison. Yeah, that, yeah. Yep, I could see that. Well, this is another wonderful episode of Serap Tots Gaming, guys. We're not signing off quite yet. I'm just ending the gaming portion because I'm going to go on a little tie right here. You, you, oh, you, you, you've got me on a... Uh, on a demolition man tirade for a moment. I didn't do it. <laughs> but again, Mr. Boone, if you happen to be watching, we in all sincerity love these games. They have been an integral part of our childhood. Keep making them awesome. Mhm. So, and uh, you know, in Justice 3, I I just like some news, please, you know. Cuz those games are awesome too. Mhm. <laughs> Don't bring back war gods, though. <laughs> Don't bring back war gods. <laughs> war gods. Uh, that was their first attempt at a 3D fighting game. We don't like to talk about it. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, here, here's my tirade. Well, okay. Uh-oh. So, so you are familiar with Demolition Man, right? Yeah. Sylvester Stallone gets framed for blowing up a bunch of kids that were already dead. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, Gets frozen by Wesley Snipes, Snipes, a.k.a. Simon Phoenix in this movie, which is just rocking that gold hair. Mm -hmm. He mentions, though, how he has a wife and daughter several times. (laughs) Am I the only person who truly believes 
that Sandra Bullock is his daughter, but neither of them realize it. And he slept with his daughter, or at least kissed her. They tried to have sex, but it was that weird cerebral cerebro thing. And she was laughing at him about the three seashells. <laughs> <laughs> the three seashells. That movie just boggles my mind with dumb stuff. That did cross my mind. <clears throat> but if it was long enough for like the rookie on the squad to become an old older man, I think his daughter would have to be in like her fifties, and Sandra Bullock is clearly not. They say specifically in the movie that it's been thirty years. Oh. Well, if he was like seven, she, I don't know, Sandra doesn't look 37. But it's the future. Oh, yeah. I mean, they they have solved so many things, Dave. They solved the great restaurant war. (laughs) Everything's friggin' Taco Bell. Everything is Taco Bell. (laughs) You know what's even funnier is that um... In the international version, it's Pizza Hut. Everything is Pizza Hut. <laughs> really? Yes. Huh. Things I learned. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that that's that's my theory. You can put that in with with Tyler's crazy theories that he loves. With uh, Red beating the snot out of Blue's Radicate so bad that he killed it. <laughs> uh. No, the uh, Cinema Massacre guys a couple years ago did like a Demolition Man review and they brought that up, uh, but as well as pointing out that, you know, every, uh, in the international version, it's it's Pizza Hut, not Taco Bell. Hmm. Good to know. Yep, yep, I, yep. I can't, remember, I can't remember the last time I've had Pizza Hut. Uh, we don't even have a Pizza Hut anymore in, in town. <laughs> I heard that. I don't yep. think I have a Pizza Hut around me either. <laughs> maybe, maybe, go, maybe they fell victim to coronavirus. Which is surprise. Well, I guess they had competition because everything's delivery now. Yeah, some places have mul- are multiple restaurants, like that stupid wing place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and uh, I know it killed, I believe, Chuck E. Cheese. I know for a while they were trying to survive the pandemic, but they were posing on Grubhub as Pasquale's Pizza. So people mm-hmm. would buy their pizzas. No one goes to Chuck E. Cheese for pizza. They go for, you know, arcade games and, you know, ball pits and stuff. So, in the before times, BT, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. do you know what Chuck E. Cheese started serving? No. They started serving wine. Because they knew there was too many moms there who didn't want to be there, <laughs> or dads. You can have a you can have a wino dad. All right, mom and dad, we can hear the rage scream in your brain rattling around. So use this to suppress it. <laughs> you know what's bad when a parent is is sitting there going, "I wish this was Five Night at Freddy's," because death would be better. <laughs> See, now, I have memories before even the before time. So some people, who remembers that Chuck E. Cheese's used to be showbiz pizza at some locations first? I 
vaguely remember that. And mm-hmm. I've got a tangent to go off of this after that, but okay. I, I vaguely remember that. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the Discovery Zone? I, I was thinking of the Doug had like two <laughs> birthday parties at the Discovery Zone. So uh, I don't know why, but it always... I was always excited to go there and see the freaking robot. <laughs> I just... The most I heard about that recently was a guy tried to sell one of those robots on Pawn Star. <laughs> really? Yeah. And it was like a remote control thing, and it had like a microphone mm-hmm. that was like two-way, so like, you know, the kids, you know, would go up and talk to him, and he could hear them, and he's like, oh, a kid's in front of me, and then would we'll talk, talk back. back. Yeah. But it could only do it for like five minutes at a time because it had to recharge. I think so. Okay. Complete side tangent here. This is the next thing I want, Dave. I want one of those Johnny Five figures like they had in Short Circuit 2. Your obsession with that movie greatly concerns me. (laughs) (laughs) Which one, the first or the second? You made me watch both. <laughs> Listeners, what you don't know is that for a good long time, when all of us still lived in the same centralized area before life and responsibilities took us elsewhere, we would routinely meet up at least once or twice a month to have a bad movie night. And that is still one of the many things that we will do when we all do meet up still. I believe the last one we watched was the... Uh, 90s classic starring Shaquille O'Neal, Steel. <laughs> and, <laughs> but one of the ones, though, was uh, we watched, God, we watched Howard the Duck. We watched um, Death uh, Bed, the Bed That Eats. Mom and Dad Saved the, Saved the Universe or something. Yep. Um, Jingle All the Way and Jingle All the Way 2. Oh, we that second one it. hurt. Yeah, that was that literally gave us cancer. And the fact that your wife went later and finished it, I was just like, how? I'm I I think secretly she's an alcoholic. Uh, Cuz I was uh, of the opinion it's just like, hmm, jingle all the way to have all of my fingernails and toenails forcibly torn out. Options. <laughs> Real fast here just so no one actually thinks this, my wife is not an alcoholic. Just joke. Yeah, I, I don't actually. Honestly, I don't know if I've ever seen your wife have a drink. <laughs> she, she will do wine coolers occasionally. I gotcha. Um, but yeah, no short, but short circuit. Just oh, what's there? What's not to love? The Three Stooges references, the fact that they have a white dude playing a uh, Indian guy. In actual country India, because we're not racist here. But mm-hmm. they were, evidently. <laughs> oh, gosh. It, in yeah. fact... Yes, the, because his career has been great choices between that and being one of the Koopa brothers in um, Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Do you know the third movie he was in? No. He was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off as one of the guys that stole the car when they left it at the garage. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) 
just just so one out of three. And then he was never seen from or heard from again. Yeah, well, I think the that mafia was most... from India got a hold. Guessing. <laughs> I mean, that was most people after Mario Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. But no, I I want that short circuit model. I, I want it, Dave. I'm not building it for you. <laughs> no, I, I I know. I'm, I'm going to find it though. It will be mine, and it will be on a shelf behind me one day, where you can see it in all its splendor. Boo. Uh. <laughs> that movie is I remember boring. one time though when we were at a convention they had a model Metal Gear Metal Gear Rex. And you even asked me, Hey Dave, for my birthday, if I bought the model kit, would you build it and paint it for me? Uh about that. <laughs> what? Um I, I happen to have this bag here with that purchase for myself in it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think you looked around and you're like, dang, that was the only one at the convention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think that's when I, I got, got my masterpiece Star Wars. I'm sorry, what? What? I got you a portal gun instead. <laughs> that is true, yes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, on that note, be safe, be kind, go watch Short Circuit and Demolition Man, and Short Circuit 2, because... No, don't do it! But there's a heist, and and he he gets to be gold-plated at the end, and they have a great montage to the song I Need a Hero, while he's hang-gliding. Don't you know they make you watch Short Circuit on a uh, rerun constantly in one of in one of the lesser hells? You know, because actually we, we there's another hell that they don't tell you about called Heck. <laughs> that's where they just send rude people, and that's one of the punishments. Just constant. <laughs> Dave, Dave, Dave. It's not the whole movie. It's just all the scenes, scenes with Steve Gutenberg. Oh jeez. I was about but, to say, because I don't think his career survived that movie. I'm trying to think what else he's been in. Aside no. from a family guy joke here and there, not much. Actually, I think I saw online that he's doing that service where you can pay money for uh, celebrities to record a little video. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. That's right, because they did it on Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, where he recorded oh, a video. Wow. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I don't know what to think about. <laughs> All right. I wonder if the uh, actor who played uh, the Indian guy who's not actually Indian does that too. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but until next time, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going my birthday from that guy. I'm going to be... I can't say that, but I'm going to be ticked off. <laughs> Or impressed. Huh? Celebrity. No. Celebrity. We use air quotes highly. Well, you know, as much as celebrity is like anyone from Jersey Shore or anything. Oh, jeez. The Dean Minus I think you would prefer Jersey Shore. <laughs> yeah, let me know how the situation is doing now that he's, what, probably 40? <laughs> I think one of the girls is now a uh, uh, emergency medic. 
like in an ambulance. Oh wow! Yeah, I, remind me never to uh, having a medical emergency in the Jersey Shore. Exactly. Oh well. Oh well. But until next time, be safe. Be kind. Bottoms up. <laughs>